You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. There are a few things that have a bigger impact on our health, our overall well-being, our longevity, and our overall success in life than our vocation. The things that we do for a living have a massive impact on our overall health. And today we're living at a very volatile time where rates of unemployment have skyrocketed, when businesses have been forced to shut their doors and for thousands of businesses, shut their doors permanently. Where today people are being forced out of their jobs. They may have been in for five, 10, 20, 30 years dedicating their life and their time into their vocation and suddenly being pushed out of that job because of the controversy around medical freedoms. Now, the reason that I decided to put so much into this episode is because my inboxes are flooded with messages from nurses, from physicians, from educators, from coaches, from high school to collegiate coaches who are saying, I'm getting pushed out of my job right now and I don't know what to do. Or folks who've lost their job, lost their business, or have just been compelled to resign because the conditions, the climate around them in that environment is no longer conducive to their success and their overall health. And so I wanted to provide a solution and I know that there is a solution, but it's gonna require us to uplevel our game, to see the opportunities amidst all of the chaos. And I promise you there are an immense amount of opportunities. This is a time for us to come together and to create something better than we've had prior to all of this going down. The reality is our society has been going down a dangerous track for decades, and we were just kind of riding it out, see what happens, even though we can see the train tracks are gone up ahead. You're headed towards a bridge, no more train tracks. We can see it. Right now here in the United States, we have 242 million of our citizens are overweight or obese. 130 million of our citizens are diabetic or pre-diabetic. 25 to 50 million of our citizens are experiencing an autoimmune disease. 60% of our citizens have some degree of heart disease. Mental health issues have skyrocketed. As of this recording, just prior to hitting the button to record this episode, I just found out that another one of my son's friends, my 21-year-old son, another one of his friends committed suicide. These are the things that are not being talked about. They're not being addressed, but I stand here with you to do something about this, to take care of our families, to take care of our health and our well-being with things that are real, efficacious, backed by science, not just using the term science because it's trendy, but because it's real. The change is up to us. And so very passionate about this this moment, because I believe in you and I want you to believe in yourself like never before, because you are remarkable. You are powerful to affect change in your life and the lives of so many other people. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So before we get to our very, very special guest, let's jump to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled, Love the Information and Science to Back It by PRSCT Native. 
I'm so thankful for this podcast. Sean cuts to the chase on how the standard lifestyles promote disease and the science to combat the bad health typical American diet is promoting. The medical community has been focusing on disease-based care and management rather than focusing on an integrative approach to health promotion. The science is there and Sean lays it all out with his style of teaching and the guest on his show. Love it. Thank you so much for leading that review over on Apple Podcasts. It means so very much. And again, this is an opportunity for us to really transform our culture and to turn the things that have been going in the wrong direction. We can start to lay down the train tracks so we can get across this bridge to a better world. I truly believe that's possible. We have to demand of ourselves and policymakers to truly create an environment where our children can thrive where we can thrive as citizens. Because if you look at the results, it has been anything but that in recent decades. And it doesn't look like things are gonna be turning around unless we step up and do something about it. And that's why I'm so excited to have on our special guest today. Our guest today is Cynthia Garcia. She's a visionary leader, modern day life coach, media personality, and celebrity nutritionist. Cynthia is the leading expert in the field of modern day mindset. She's the founder and CEO of the Institute of Transformational Nutrition, ITN, the elite modern day coaching school for forward thinking coaches and those who want to become more. She's coached thousands of private clients ranging from stay at home moms to celebrities to Fortune 500 CEOs on how to get unstuck so they can create a life career and relationships that are so good they're jealous of themselves. Her corporate clients have included Morgan Stanley, Kodak, and Fidelity Investments. She's also a fellow of the Institute of Coaching, McLean Hospital. Cynthia has been featured everywhere from Vogue to Harper's Bazaar to Good Morning America, The Doctors, The Dr. Phil Show, and so much more. And now she's back for her second appearance on the Model Health Show. Let's jump into this conversation with the amazing Cynthia Garcia. It's not often I get to have one of my real life best friends on this show. So I'm so happy for you to come and hang out with us. I'm cheesing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> so true story, I would not be here in this room right now in Los Angeles had it not been for your encouragement. And you know, you had all, you, you're such a powerful manifester. You know, you were just saying it so matter of factly, like when you move to LA this, when you move to LA that. Yeah. And thus here I am. Here you are. Do you love it? It's been a little weird since I've been here. <laughs> okay, but, well, fair point. <laughs> fair point. But I love being closer to you guys and, you know, just all of the incredible people here. Yeah. And obviously the weather is is pretty awesome. Even on a complicated day, you know, <laughs> there's still palm trees and sunshine. Yeah. So you're not in St. Louis anymore. Yeah, I know. Last <laughs> time you were in St. Louis, we actually we had Indian food in the back of a truck. <laughs> we tailgated Indian food at your son's football game. Yeah. You know what's funny is I still have on the weather app on my phone, St. Louis. Mm -hmm. It's <laughs> And I think about you every time I pop it up to scroll, because you know I'm back and forth between LA and Portland. Yeah. And so every time I scroll through, St. Louis comes up. See, so we're so integrated in each other's <laughs> life. Even the glasses that every guest That's drinks right. out of when they come in the show, these are That's glasses right. that you gave I know. me as a gift. You're, what would you do without me? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I would do without you and Anne. Can we just oh, yeah, I'm saying, a shout out? Yeah. Anne? So we've already agreed that if 
something should happen to me. If you're hit by a train walking across Melrose. (laughs) (laughs) Or I'm in a, I don't know if you've seen Shang-Chi, but this Marvel movie is like a massive bus scene. It's like, if any of that happens, (laughs) you you get to have Anne. I'm taking Anne. Yeah. Got dibs. So obviously, you know, like I said, it's been complicated since I've been here. And I think that people's experiences over the past year and a half plus uh, have largely been a result of their pre-existing experiences, their pre-existing stories about themselves and about life in general. So this is one of the things I wanted to talk with you about because you're able to really take a meta perspective because I know a lot of folks are going through a lot of different, you know, turbulence changes. Yeah. And can you speak to that? How our experiences, even at times like these, have a lot to do with our pre-existing stories about ourselves and about the world? Yeah, for sure. So it's definitely been a volatile time. And a lot of people were thrown out of their comfort zone. And that resulted in a lot of things. As you know, we saw issues with mental health skyrocket, suicide rates skyrocketed. People were at home with nothing but their thoughts and their feelings and their emotions. And it's funny, I had a friend of mine call me up. She was also a a coaching client. And she was like, I just need something to do. And I was busy at the time. And I said, oh, just watch something on Netflix. And she said, I finished it. I was like, what? Like all of Netflix, (laughs) you just finished it. But what, and we did that, right? We Netflix, we did all the things. Um, But then at some point that gets old and it's just us and our thoughts and our feelings about ourselves, about our past, about where we're going or what we're doing or where we're not going or what we're not doing, right? And so I think what's happening now is we've had a bit of time to get some perspective um, and to really look at our lives and to reevaluate what are we doing and, and what what is this one precious life going to be for us? Um, but you're right not to get off track because we do have stories that we've created and been telling since, you know, we were children. And we know through narrative psychology, which is kind of the study of how we tell ourselves these stories, that we make up stories to explain things that happen to us. And then we just decide that they're true. And then those stories become rooted as beliefs. You know, people like to think, oh, your thoughts create your reality. Um, Spoiler alert, they don't. (laughs) It's your beliefs that actually create your actions, your thoughts, your responses to things. And so when we look at changing our lives, when we try to do that through just changing our thoughts, it's not sustainable long term because that's not where the real action is coming from. It's coming from these deep seated beliefs that we have. And again, no one has decided that they're true except for us. So just yesterday, I was um, coaching our students at ITN. I go live and I coach them on building their business. They bring their questions. And we have one student who popped on and she's new to the course and um, big fan of yours, by the way. And she said, you know, I'm just getting started. And she had a question about pricing. And she said, I don't know what to price my services or my coaching packages at because you know, what you've priced yours at, like, I can't price mine that high. I'm not as smart as you. I don't know enough as you. I'm not an expert yet like you. And she got the yet in. She's very proud of her growth mindset, right? Um, But I was like, oh, wait a minute. Let's just, that's a story, right? Like you've told yourself this story that you're not as much of an expert and maybe not as much of an expert in transformational nutrition. I created, I've been doing it for 20 years. But this woman comes from the construction industry and she has been through some stuff 
in her life, like we all have, right? And so she's learned so much through her experience. She's made it through 100% of her hardest wallow on the floor, life can't go on moments. And she has some stuff to share. She is absolutely an expert. But she told herself this story that she wasn't, that she couldn't charge rates that she wanted to charge. And then she just believed it. It's not like the pricing police came in and was like, nope, you're right. Yeah, not, not yet, right? You can't charge that. She was the only one who decided it was true. And, and we do that. And unfortunately, um, we, our success, our happiness, our health is all determined by those stories. And until we learn how to rewrite them for good, we're stuck. We're stuck in these perpetual cycles, right? Starting, stopping, starting, stopping. And so here we are. So true, so true. Because if we really look at it for ourselves and also in the lives of other people, during this time, when, especially when we're under pressure, and I remember it was Wayne Dyer who made the analogy, you know, when, when you squeeze an orange, what comes out of it, mm. right? It's yeah. going to be orange juice. It's right. gonna, what's going to come out is what's in it. Right. What happens when life squeezes you? Right. What's going to come out of it? It's what's right. already in you. So during this time, I, I believe that warriors worried, mm-hmm. fighters fought, mm-hmm. people who were, you know, empaths, empathed. <laughs> You know, they felt, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's because of our, our pre-existing experiences and what we bring forward. You know, That's I do true. believe that some of this is in our DNA, mm. but I also believe that humans are not just a product of our environment. We're creators of our environment. We're creators of our experience. Yeah. We can choose to be more of a fighter. We can choose to be more of a warrior. Mm-hmm. We can choose to be more empathetic. You know, these are all things that we can kind of cultivate. And so with that being said, how do the stories that we tell ourselves outpicture themselves into the world around us? Mm, that's such a great question. So, and, and before like we dive into that, I also want to say like what you said is so true. You know, when we were alone, we did these things, empaths, empath, they felt, you know, like we all kind of did our default response. The other really interesting thing that was happening is that we found ourselves again coming face to face with ourselves. And you know, when we're out and about, like when we're all hanging out, we have mirror neurons, right? And, and you know this, it's just brain science. So if you, if I show up to your house and you're kind of in a crummy mood, I'm going to feel that. And my neurons want to mirror that, right? It's why they say, you know, you are the, an average of the five people you spend the most time with because it's true. And so what we do in groups oftentimes is we'll say, well, what do you think? Or we'll go along with like the group consensus or, you know, even if we want to do something different and somebody says, let's go to a movie, we go to a movie, right? Because we don't want to upset the apple cart, so to speak. And so we weren't able to do that. And so a lot of people were left wondering like, well, what do I want? What do I want to eat? What, what do I want to do? Do I like this podcast or do I actually like this movie that I'm watching on Netflix? Do I like this person I'm with? Do I like this person I'm with, mm. right? And so we had to really have those hard conversations. And for a lot of us, that was almost too hard at times. You know, that's where the mental health concerns came in. But, but you're right. Our stories, the things that make them so powerful is we're not always aware of them. The majority of the time, we're not aware of them. So it's kind of like an iceberg, right? Like 10% of it is above water. But those 90% just kind of run. And we don't always notice them. 
but they are having a huge impact on our decisions. So here's what people don't always think about. And again, it's just neuroscience. Um, when you're given an opportunity, you'll just make a decision immediately. And that's done unconsciously through your stories, or you'll take an action unconsciously, right? And then you'll logically back it up with what you just did, which was driven by these old stories, these old beliefs that you had, right? So we like to think we're making decisions when we're not. What's happening is we made a decision when we were seven or eight years old, and that's running the show now. And you're just thinking that you're actually in the driver's seat and you back it up with logic and reason and you do those things. But it's so important. And that's why it's important um, to know how to go back and rewrite these old stories. Because if you don't, you're forever trapped with an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, a 12-year-old's stories running your life. And I don't, I don't know about you. You were probably super evolved at that age. I was not. <laughs> I was not at that level. So it's not a good idea. You know, we have limiting beliefs that keep us stuck. And, yeah. and, but again, the good news is we can rewrite them. Yeah. You were just telling me a story about you guys, you know, being in a situation where you didn't have a lot of money at all and you no. cooked a frozen pizza on a kerosene heater, <laughs> right? So you're coming Can't from these conditions. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure that there were some stories that took place in your life that you yeah. had no idea it was affecting you later. Yeah. And outpicturing itself and seemingly kind of maybe even sabotaging things in your life. Oh my gosh, over and over and over. To this day, I still struggle with stories. So I'll, I'll tell you a story that really set the course of my life. I didn't know it at the time, but I'll share it with you. I don't know if I've told you this story or not. So I woke up um, on the morning of my eighth birthday and I was as excited as a girl on her eighth birthday. <laughs> you know, like it was my birthday and, you know, I'm a kid. And so I got so excited and I thought, it's my day, it's my time. Now, you mentioned we were really poor. And it's funny, sometimes I hear people say, oh, we were so poor, but I didn't realize it because we had love. I realized, I knew, right? Um, and we didn't have that kind of love. You know, there was a lot of domestic abuse in, in my family. My dad actually shot my mother in front of me. Um, he tried to murder her multiple times and fortunately never quite succeeded. But we went through a lot when I was young, you know, a lot of abuse. I was abused physically, emotionally, sexually, starting at just the age of five. Um, I didn't have running water in my house. We had an old outhouse, rain, snow, or shine. So, but I was, you know, dirt poor, but ready for more. Just, you know. Um, <laughs> so anyways, I didn't expect much waking up that morning, right? Um, but it was my birthday. So I thought if I don't get a present, maybe I'll get a cake. But somebody will say something at least, even if that doesn't happen. So I'm like all groggy eyed, you know, and I crawl out of my little bed and I walk into the living room and I can feel my feet on just this threadbare, like black carpet that we had gotten from somewhere. And my mom is sitting in there and she's having her morning cigarette and cup of coffee and doing her thing. And there's smoke in the air and I smell it when I walk in. And she doesn't say anything and I, I don't have a gift and there's no cake or, and I thought, you know, that's all right. They're going to surprise me later. Right. And so the day goes on and I read, I read a lot at that time. I played outside in the woods behind my house. I'm sure I fought with my sister, um, but no one said anything. And I thought, okay, well, any minute now they're going to 
come down and maybe we'll take a ride down the old river road and play in the creek. That'll be a nice treat. Nothing happened. And so the day starts turning into the night and I know it's going to be time to go to bed soon. And I'm starting to get a little freaked out, right? I'm like, yo, (laughs) it's my birthday. And so I'm nervous now. I'm anxious. And I go up to my mom in, in this living room again. And I just blurt it out. I say, do I have a present? And she looks at me and she says, why would you get a present? And I said, oh, well, because it's, it's my birthday. And I'll never forget this. She just looked at me with this dead look in her eye and her lip curled a little. And she said, so? And in that moment, my story was written. And it simply read, you're not special and you don't deserve anything, even on your birthday. Because I thought, okay, well, if my mother doesn't remember my birthday, it's a pretty good indication that I'm not special, right? And, And clearly I don't deserve anything. So that was the explanation that I gave for this event that happened. And I carried that through my entire life. And I still, even though I've rewritten that story and I'm conscious of it, there are still times when I'm like, oh, gosh, am I special enough to do this? And I've done some pretty remarkable things in my career that I'm super proud of. But every time the phone would ring, do you want to be on this TV? I'm like, ooh, me? Am I going to, you know? Do I deserve this? And so it's something that we constantly have to focus on rewriting because if we don't, these stories will rule our lives. And then the other thing that happens is once we write these stories, we need for them to be true. And especially when we're children, because if they're not, then we're not safe. If we can't understand the world and we can't fit things into um, you know, these, these perfectly formed shapes and cubes and frames, then it's uncertainty. And uncertainty is very scary for a child. So we want these things to be true. We need them to be true. It's why our parents will never be wrong, right? So whatever if my mother says, I'm not important, I'm not. I just have, because if she isn't correct, and she doesn't know what's going on. I'm just this little thing. That's a very scary place. So just Again, psychology, what it would, um, we need these things to be true. So what we do is this thing called looping, and we do this for the rest of our lives, which is where we seek out evidence that that story we wrote is true, right? So I get stood up on a date. I'm not special, right? Um, I get called on a TV show, and then they have to cancel. Well, it's just me. They called someone else. I'm not special, right? Um, even later, <laughs> in later years, my mom actually would call, but on the wrong day. Like it wouldn't be my birthday, but she would call on the wrong day. And again, that's evidence, right? I'm like, see, I knew it. But I know consciously now I have the tools to rewrite it, but it's still a trigger. So think about if you haven't rewritten it, how much of it, you don't even see it coming. Again, you make decisions that determine your life just on autopilot. Does that make sense? Of course. Yeah. 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 But it makes sense, but I, I know, and you know this as well, most folks, we don't have any idea that this is happening. No. We're just, we're just no. existing within this construct that we create. I love the fact right. that you brought up this sense of certainty that it gives us. No yeah. matter how dysfunctional it might be, yeah. it still helps us to modulate and manage in the environment that we're in. Yeah. And so tr- trying to pull yourself from that environment, this is why it can be so sticky and so yeah. difficult to, yeah. to grow past it. 
is because we're constantly seeking out evidence to affirm that story that we are, in your case, are not special. And like you said, you know, you've done some amazing things, but you did so much work on yourself to get to those places where yeah. for one of your birthdays, it, we were, it was us, <laughs> you know, we were together we we hanging right. out in St. Louis and, you know, doing all the things. And it was actually my birthday's two days before yours. We got so much stuff in common. So, so weird. We share mom. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, every time, you know, we talk, you know, offline about this stuff and about, you know, your, your, your dad trying to kill your mom. It sounds like a cartoon. It sounds I know, like I spy know. versus spy. Like she keeps getting away, <laughs> but this is so abnormal, you know, and yeah. the thing is I have very similar stories as well, you know, and it just becomes a, a, a kind of just the, the tapestry or the background of our lives yeah. until we can yeah. move away from it some or create some That's separation. Right. We can start to see like, Oh, like that's, that's <laughs> that not, not normal. normal. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to ask you about how do we actually, what are some steps that we can take to begin to change the story that sure. we, that may be disempowering us? Yeah. Is there anything that folks can start to look to t even today, starting now to start to change those stories? Oh yeah. There, there's so much we can do. And, um, you're right. It's funny. I think a lot of us think our stories are normal, you know, just like in health, people will eat something that they have a food intolerance for, right? Eggs, uh, you know, you know, all the common things. 7-Eleven nachos with chili and cheese. Well, I mean, you went there. <laughs> for example. <laughs> for example, <laughs> yes. And then they'll be like, well, my stomach hurts, but that's normal for me. That's just normal. Do you hear anyone say like, I've had so many clients be like, that's just what happens every time I eat beans or I, whatever. Right. And you're like, okay, but that's actually not normal. And so I think a lot of us do the same thing with our stories. Like I'm writing my memoir now, which is where a lot of this research came into play because people, if you looked at where I came from and you looked at the life I have and people do, they'll say, well, how did you, how, like how, how did you get from there to here from this, you know, little girl who went to school in dirty clothes and smelled in the Appalachian Mountains um, to, you know, living a pretty cool life now and hanging out with cool folks like you. Um, and it really is through rewriting my stories. And as I went back and I was, I'm again, writing my memoir, it's funny, I turned in this story um, because I don't know if I've told you this either. So at one time when I first moved to LA, I was homeless. And there's like this whole story behind it. But I wrote this for my editor and I sent it to her and she was like, this is so crazy. And I'm like, is it? I don't, we just become accustomed mm -hmm. um, to our normal, right? But you can change those things. So your question was how, how do we change that? So I created this method because my head is kind of all over the place and I need things in systems and frameworks and boxes and checklists. That's how I live my life. And so there's an acronym and it's STORY. It's the, called the Stuck Story Coaching Method. It helps you get unstuck from your stories, rewrite a new one, create a life so good you're only jealous of yourself, right? So STORY is an acronym because, again, that's the way my mind makes sense of things. And the S is for stuck. So what that means is, what are you stuck around right now? What is something that you want in your life that you don't have? Um, and that could be anything. It could be a better relationship. It could be a relationship in general, any kind of relationship. It could be, I want more money. I want to be healthier. I want to lose weight. It, it could be anything. Um, what is that thing that you want? Um, and then T is the belief 
So why do you believe that you can't have it, right? So let's say you're stuck around money. Let's say you wanna make more money. You know you're worth more, you're just not getting it, um, and you're stuck. So the belief, which is the T, might be like, eh, money's for other people, not for me, right? So I'll use myself as an example. When I grew up, again, was growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. My parents would often say things like, money doesn't grow on trees, right? Uh, That's for other people, not for us. So my belief around money might be that, well, that's for other people, right? That's for other people. Great. So now that we have that, what we want to do is the O, and that's the original event. So where did this belief come from? We're going to time travel a little bit because a belief is nothing more than an equation. It's made up of three E's. It's made up of the event that happened, the explanation, the meaning that you gave it, and the emotion that you felt when you did. Okay. So let's say um, I remember back in time where I had this dress that I wanted. And I had this little dress that I wanted to wear this little school dance. And I go to my mom and I say, gosh, I really, I really, really want this dress. I'll do anything. Can I just get this dress? And uh, she says, no, we're not the kind of people that have money for that. You know, that's not for you, right? Let's just say she says that. Uh, Or let's just say she even wasn't even that clear. Let's just say she was like, no, what money doesn't grow on trees. We can't afford that. No, you, you can't have that dress. The event that happened was I asked for the dress and she said no. But the explanation I gave it was, oh, that's not for me. That's for other people, right? That's where that, like, I don't deserve it. I don't, it's not for me. It's for other people. So that's the original event. And then the, the explanation I gave was, again, it's for other people. The emotion that I felt was, probably disappointment, probably um, hurt, uh, pain. And so I said earlier, we say that our thoughts create a reality and they don't. the, The beliefs do. And the difference is a thought with heavy emotion tied to it, that becomes a belief. And that emotion is what anchors it into your sub your subconscious. That's where we decide that this is true for me and I'll spend my, the rest of my life proving it so, right? I mean, thoughts, we have 60,000 thoughts a day. If they really did determine our lives, we'd all be a little, <laughs> little loopy right now. It's our beliefs that do that. So I know where I'm stuck. I know the thought that, oh, money's for other people, not for me. I know the event that happened and, and where that came from now, right? And now we get to the R, which is rewriting it. Really simple, because all we have to do, Sean, is we just have to be able to give a different explanation to the event that happened, right? And then we'll feel different, so the emotions are different. So let's say I went back in time and I said, gosh, um, that explanation that I gave my mom saying, no, you can't get this dress, um, wasn't true. And it was that, um, you know, she wanted to get it for me as a gift later and surprise me with it. Now, that may or may not be true, but here's the cool thing. It doesn't matter. Mm. You know this. Your brain doesn't know the difference between something happening straight in front of you and something that you're just making up, right? So for example, do you ever get into an argument with someone? You probably haven't because you're just a better person than I am. (laughs) (laughs) But did you ever get into an argument with someone and then I mean, 12 hours later, you're still replaying it and you're thinking of the things you should have said. And if given the opportunity, you will say those things, right? It's like got this loop going on. You're like planning your attack. What happens in your body? You feel the feelings. Right? 
Your mm-hmm. adrenaline's going. You're like, let's go. You know, let's go, Angie. And so that's an example of your mind not knowing that Angie's not there and you're not about to throw it out, right? Like in your head, you're ready to go. And so your body responds appropriately. Your mind's like, yeah, this is really happening. Let's respond to that. So the same is true for these stories. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. It just has to be different. So I'm just going to go with my mom was a great mama and she was going to surprise me with this dress later. And that's why she said no. Well, now what emotions do I feel? Well, happiness, love, I feel cared for. So the belief as it existed before that this isn't for me, this is for other people, it can't exist because again, a belief is an equation, an event that happened, the explanation and the emotion. So if the explanation has changed and the emotion is different, all that's left is an event where my mom said no to me wanting a new dress. You see how that works? Yeah. So now there's no more story. And also, if I can throw this in here as well, this is so powerful, by the way, mm-hmm. but even within the explanation, I'm thinking about so a similar scenario, and then you know maybe the, you change the explanation to being, mm-hmm. and this base, being based on a factual occurrence, that happened to me. I was told that this isn't for me so that I can grow myself and have this transformation yeah. and to create the opportunity to have those things that I always wanted, that I wouldn't have had that kind of fire had I not had a life of not enough or I'm not enough. Right? You're good at this game. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yahtzee. I've never played Yahtzee you before. Know. But, oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Poor man's Yahtzee. Yeah, it's true, though. You can give any explanation that you want because, remember, it's your story. You're the only one that's decided that it's true, right? And here's another great explanation. And heaven knows I've used this one from time to time. Maya Angelou used to say, she would say, baby, you ain't even in it. You ain't even in it. Right. And this really comes in handy when we go back and we find stories that are really tough to rewrite, Sean. You know, like when I go back and I try to rewrite stories around being abused as a child, man, I don't know. How do I explain that? Like, what's the explanation I give for that? And here's what I give I'm not even in it. It has nothing to do with me. I just happened to be the one that was there. It was all that person. And that person had some stuff going on. And I can't even begin to know what that was. And it doesn't matter, right? I could dive into psychoanalyzing them and being like, well, they were abused when they, it doesn't matter, right? That's none of my business. That's, that's nothing. I'm not even in it. And that's the explanation. And that's enough to set me free from that story so that I can go write a new one. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So it's all in how we decide. It's the meaning that we give to things. I'm telling you, as you go home today, somebody pulls out in front of you, you can lose your mind and you can be like, you son of a feather, like whatever you want to do. Or you can be like, wow, I hope that guy's family is okay and there's not an emergency going on, right? You get to choose in every moment. Once you rewrite your story, that brings us to the why in the story, which is your new identity, right? Your identity. Um, identities are so powerful and they really do run our lives. So as I said earlier, we make up these stories, like I made up a story, I'm not special. That becomes my identity, right? Um, and my identity for a long time was this poor girl, again, from the Appalachian mountains who wasn't very educated, whose own family didn't like her, which means, you know, how could anyone else, right? That was my identity for a long time. It's not anymore. And you get to choose. So 
when you go back to where you're stuck, I mean, and we said we want more money, who would the person that has the money that you want, how would they act, right? How would they show up every day? Would they sleep in? Would they get up and eat some Cheerios? Would they Netflix for a couple of hours? Would they be on Instagram for another app? Probably not, right? They're probably up and they're probably about their business, right? So you create a new identity. And again, the beauty is you get to choose. No one tells you, no, you can't be that. Um, some examples of identities like Kobe Bryant, Black Mamba, right? Muhammad Ali, when he was in the ring, he was the king of the world, right? Like that's who, that was his identity. Remember when Beyonce created Sasha Fierce? Mm. Eminem created Slim Shady. I'm on a music kick right now. But we do this. We create these identities. And then what did all of these people do? They acted as if that's who they were. You know, I'm sure when Kobe went home, he wasn't like Black Mama to his little baby. You know, right. he was Kobe. <laughs> he was dad. He was, you know. But on the court, he was very much that identity. And so you get to choose, right? Choose your new identity. And then act as if, feel as if, right? You have to show up, like surround yourself as if you're already, as if you already have the money that you say you want or the relationship or whatever it is, because that will, of course, bring that in. And the other thing that people get caught up on is how, how do I get the money? Like, right? How do I get healthy, Sean? I've tried this thing, it doesn't, how? When you shift your identity and you just become the person that is, that has the money that you want or has the body or the health, it's amazing. Your mind will open to new thoughts, ideas, programs, products that you wouldn't have even thought about before because that wasn't the identity. Maybe you weren't resourceful before in your identity and now you are. So all these new options about the how will all of a sudden appear before you and then you get to choose this is straight facts i i don't <laughs> this is so right to the point i'm so grateful that you created this and the story this acronym is freaking amazing thanks and just as an affirmative point literally when i was at the lowest point of my life health is just a, a total mess you yeah. know the so-called incurable condition i chose after you know being told that this is not possible multiple times, I made a decision to get well. Yeah. And when I made the decision, it was with so much emotion, you know, because I was just done. Yep. I, and what happened within the next couple of weeks is nothing short of what would seem like a miracle. But what really happened was I started to see all the opportunities and all the things that were already around me and available That's that right. I simply was not tuned into. So it wasn't a matter of me forcing myself to do something new at right. that point. My identity shifted to somebody who is going to do whatever it takes to be as healthy as possible. Yeah. You know, my goal, which I didn't put articulated clearly, but I really felt like I want to be one of the healthiest people on earth. You know, like <laughs> that my story is going to, the pendulum is going to swing to the other direction. And so this is so real. It's so yeah. simple. Yeah. But I think that that simplicity is why folks might overlook how powerful it is. It's simple. It's not always easy. There you go. Right? Yeah. It's when you said decide, that's such a key, key term. And um, we act like we decide, but we don't. To decide literally means to cut off any other option. So when you decided, you actually decided, you said, I'm going to shift my identity from this person who 
has no hope, can't get better, to the healthiest person in the world, one of the healthiest persons in the people in the world. And you did that, right? Like you completely shifted the way you saw yourself only because you cut off every other option. You saw, you changed the way, and then you showed up and acted as if you were already that person. And what happened? You've now become that person, right? Now I say it's simple because it is. I mean, I just gave you the work. Anyone can do it, um, but it's not always easy because we have to go back to these places where we made these beliefs, where we first formed these beliefs. And sometimes that can be painful. And here's the key to that. And I've had to learn this for myself is you don't have to get down in it and wallow in transformation to experience change, right? Um, Oftentimes we think that we have to go on these big journeys and have these down and out moments. And that's just not true. You know, A lot of us do hit rock bottom. You know, you did with your health, I did with my health and everything changes, but it really doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to get caught up um, in the story. Like we, I like to say that we bring along the twins oftentimes during transformation, uh, drama and trauma, and Mm. we don't have to. We can find a babysitter, right? We can (laughs) leave those fellas at home. Um, You don't have to get all in it. You really can just be logical. Yeah. And speaking of logical, this mm-hmm. is a big reason I want to have you here is that logically there's a lot of turbulence happening in the world today. Mm-hmm. And my inbox is flooded with individuals reaching out who are not on their own accord necessarily feeling like, you know, the career that they chose for their lives, they might've invested 10, 20, 30 years into, you know, being a, an educator, That's you know, right. being a coach of a, Know, high school or football um, or, or college football team or a nurse mm-hmm. or physicians are all in my inbox right now because they're being forced to make a decision about their own yeah. bodies and yeah. what they want to do with themselves medically. And they're, they find themselves in a very difficult situation where they're just like, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And so you were the number one person that I thought about because you know what it's like to be in a similar situation, but also you've helped so many people who've been in positions like that mm-hmm. to not only understand that this, this is not the end of the story, right. but there's a much better chapter ahead. And this is opening up the possibility. So this goes back to that principle of every challenge, in essence, being pregnant with opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk a little bit about that now, you know, especially for folks who are right now experiencing, you know, can you talk about the great resignation? Yeah. For example, let's talk a little bit about that first. Yeah. Um, I'd love to. And and even before that, I just want to say that, look, none of us can control the cards we're dealt. We just can't. In any given moment, things happen. But we can always choose how to play the hand, right? And I think that's the opportunity right now is we all get to choose. And yes, there's this thing right now called the great resignation. And what's happening is millions of people, not just in the US, but across the globe are resigning. They're leaving careers that don't fulfill them. They're leaving careers that don't give them meaning. You know, when we went on lockdown and the whole world changed and people were at home, we talked about earlier how they had that, that chance to be alone with themselves, to really question, who am I? what am I doing with my life? And furthermore, 
what do I want to do with this one life? I mean, at the end of the day, look, <laughs> life is too short to do work you don't love with people you don't like for less than you're worth. And that is just the truth. You deserve better than that. And people all over the globe are waking up to that. The other interesting thing that happened is um, millions of people have become entrepreneurs. They're starting their own business. They're doing it on their own terms. They're taking back control because they're saying, look, no one is going to regulate how I can or can't show up for work. Um, no, never again will my income and my family's well-being be in the hands of someone else yeah. where I could lose that job at any given moment, right? And so people really are taking a stand for themselves and rising up. I mean, you hear about it all the time. Restaurants are closing, not necessarily because of COVID, but because they can't find workers to show up and do the job, right? Because people are like, no not not doing that. Uh, Lyft is doing the same thing. I mean, if you look at their prices, it's like surge pricing all day because they can't find drivers to do the work because people are like, no, I want to do something that actually matters in the world. So it's it's a super exciting time. Yeah, yeah, to say the least. And it's just, again, changing the channel on yeah. our perspective about those things. Yeah. And, you know, a big part of of my mission, and I know yours is as well, and why we're here collaborative in this moment <laughs> is that obviously our, our world has shifted so much as a result of something that appears to be a health issue. <laughs> That's where, what the foundation is supposed to be. Of course, it's kind of sure. mutated into something other than, but at the end of the day, it is our health as a society that has just been this gaping wound yeah. this entire time that hasn't been getting addressed prior to any of this happening. Right. And it won't get addressed unless we do something about it. Right. And so I've really been galvanized the past, you know, year plus to create that army of change, of change agents who are yeah. the ones who are going to transform the health of our community. Yeah. And to do that, we need to tap into our passion, our education around these things, and also how can we create a sustainable livelihood doing the thing that we're passionate about? Yes. And you know more about this than anybody that I know and creating, putting so much into creating an, an entity so magnificent and also so, it has so much, it's, it's addressing the number one thing, which is we can learn about, we can get on Dr. Google and learn some <laughs> things about nutrition. You know, you right. can pick up some amazing books, Eat Smarter, to learn about <laughs> nutrition, but how do you turn that into a sustainable livelihood when right. we're educated for years right. on things that are largely superficial, 99 for most of us, 99% of it we never use. Yep. And we're not taught to how to be successful. Yep. Even if we pick up skills in this particular thing, you know, I, I had collegiate nutritional science classes. I wasn't taught how do you actually sustain your livelihood by teaching and helping people with this thing. Yeah. And that's what you've created. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm right there with you. I was trained in clinical nutrition and I thought, well, if I just put up a sign, they'll come. And I did, and they didn't. I was like, oh, I'm still broke. I don't, how am I going to deal with this now? So I hear you. And the other thing, just to touch on what you said about physical, like our physical health kind of being at the core of this, I think a lot of people saw it's not just our physical health, it's our mental health. Yes. You've talked about that a little bit today, but it's not even just physical and mental, it is our spiritual health. How are you feeding yourself mentally? How are you feeding yourself spiritually with like your relationships, the purpose, the 
the meaning of your existence? Why are you here? What are you doing with your life? And I think a lot of us, again, realized that, oh, we need more than food. Food alone won't fix us. Food and exercise and diet, it's great, right? You should eat smarter. You should sleep smarter. You should do all of those things. And yet, I, I kind of think of it, Sean, like a three-legged stool, right? So three legs, physical nutrition, mental nutrition, spiritual nutrition. If one of those is short, you're going to be a little wobbly. And for most of us, a lot of us, that leg is just missing altogether, right? So we're not balanced is what I'm trying to say. Um, and so I think that's important just to mention that it's not just the physical health. Um, it's the mental and the spiritual as well. Um, and you're right. When it comes down to being able to do what you're passionate about, I think that's that's great, right? And for you and for me, it's health, it's nutrition, it's life, right? It's living life. Um, but how do you make a successful career out of it? And I think that's where a lot of people get lost and they get hung up, you know, because they're like, gosh, I want to do what you do, Sean. That's like the coolest. I want to help people. I want to make my life matter. I want to leave a legacy. I just want to have meaning every day. I want to feel like I'm here for a reason. But I don't know how to make money. I don't know how to run a podcast. I don't know how to start a, I've never started a business. I don't even know any entrepreneurs. And so, and then we stop because we tell ourselves these stories because I don't know anyone. I can't. And that's just not true. Especially at a time like this, you know, we have the opportunity to surround ourselves with people who have that knowledge base. Yes. Literally, you don't have to go through our combined 40 years Stop in this field. <laughs> oh, it's nuts. You know, but also from people who are altruistic, but also have the results at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of talking heads that people see, you know, on the on the media who are who are posing as you know, people who have this ultimate guide to what health is going to be, how to get yeah. us there. And just for me, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of looking at the track record. How many people are we actually helping to get mm -hmm. healthy? How many people are we actually helping to not need fill in the blank medication? Yeah. How many people are we actually helping to tap into their greatness and That's start right. to collectively pour into our society? Yeah. You know, because as we've, you know, shared bits of our stories, you know, Hurt people hurt people, yeah. you know, and it's a big part of the reason I do what I'm, I'm doing this work today and I'm doing what I'm doing is that I know the best way to transform our society is to start raising better humans. Say it again, like just seriously say it again and transforming the ones that are already here yeah. because if hurt people hurt people, then healed people heal people. And that's what we need. Listen, we have seen a lot in the last, what, year and a half, two years. I don't know, I've lost track. Um, we've seen things like gender identity issues. We've seen uh, racial concern. Like we've seen a lot of people hurting. There's a lot of pain out there and there's a lot of healing that needs to be done. And I believe this is the way you do it, right? You heal physically, you heal mentally, you heal, you heal spiritually, and then you help other people do the same. Right. And so like what we do at the Institute of Transformational Nutrition is just that we teach physical nutrition, mental nutrition and spiritual nutrition. And better than that, we teach it into a system that anyone can sit down and deliver to someone else, like a coach can deliver this to a client and see a real transformation in that person physically, mentally and spiritually. Right. Like I told you, I love frameworks because that's all the only way I can get my head, my crazy head around things. I just shared with you the story right? The stuck story coaching method. It's really simple. You just go through it step by step. Now you can take that. You can teach Anne. You can teach your children, right? 
and then they can do it. And we do the same thing at ITN for our coaches, because what I see and, and stop me if I go on a tangent here, but I get turned up about this. What I see a lot of people doing in the field of coaching is not coaching. It's cheerleading or it's consulting. Most people want to show up and help other people, especially with health, right? Um, but they think, well, I don't know everything. What if they ask me a question and I don't know? You know, Sean, he knows, he's the expert, um, but I don't know everything. They're afraid that they won't be able to help people. And so what we did, and, and that's the worst, right? I mean, think about as passionate as you are about health and you thought you couldn't help someone, like that's just knife to the heart stuff. So what we did was we created a system where there's no guesswork. You know, we have a form on the front end, we understand what's going on. and the back end, we have what we call a decoder. And it creates protocols that are automatically done for you. Our coaches give it to them. Uh, the clients get results. And that's why our coaches are the highest paid, the most respected, we're the most accredited school, because we get people the results that they've been longing for for so long with no guesswork, right? The other thing is, man, building a business. Um, again, I didn't come from a background of entrepreneurs or business. I didn't know anything about anything. And I had to figure it out. And you did too. You know, that like when we were coming up, there was no courses that you could take on Teachable, <laughs> like Skillshare. That was just not a thing. I mean, the internet didn't even exist the way we have it. And so we've had to figure it out, right? And so again, like what we do at ITN, because of my system head, we put it into a six-step business building blueprint that you go through step by step by step. And the first step is your mindset. It's the stories you tell, because if you don't get those out of the way, I can tell you how to write best-selling books. You can too. We've done it. I can tell you how to get on TV. You can too. We've done it. Like I can tell you all of those things, but if you still have this underlying story running, it's not going to matter. You're going to self-sabotage every single time. So anyways, um, I'm going on and on here because I get so excited about this because Yes, people have these big dreams. They want to make their life matter. They want to have a career where they get paid what they're worth and do work that they love, but it seems impossible. And I'm here to tell you that it isn't and that you absolutely can do it. And you're right. I've trained tens of thousands of coaches on this same method. So, yeah. yeah. I believe that this time, and I share this with you, this, yeah. everything that we've done thus far in our careers have led to this moment right now. That's right and being able to uplift and support this next generation oh of coaches, mm -hmm. of healers, of game changers, you know, to write the books, to do the speeches, to do the, to change media, you know, yeah. and this is offering us such a great opportunity, but we've got to step into it. And so another really remarkable thing, and this is a true story, just being around you and ITN, this is where we've collected some of the people who are closest in our lives for me personally. And Craig on our team right now, <laughs> I was just thinking is, of <laughs> who's listening to this review and is like, he's talking about me. <laughs> ITN, you know, Craig's yeah. a student from ITN. And my wife's best friend, Jaleesa, Jaleesa you yeah. know, we met her at ITN's event when I came yeah, out there. Yeah. And it's just, you just are a magnet for amazing people. And the, the teachers themselves. Oh my God. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. There's nothing else like it, you yeah. know? So whether it's in the domain of nutrition, whether it's in the domain of somebody is wanting to, you know, write a best-selling book or to create a, a top podcast, yeah. you know, you get to hear hello from those voices who can actually 
tell you how these things are done because truly it, it is a formula. And the great thing about it at the end of the day, because you might think, well, I don't have whatever it takes. I promise you do. Yeah. I promise you yeah. do. Yeah. And that's the great thing about this time today is that there is no one else like you yeah. who's ever existed before in human history. That's your yeah. unique gift already. And we talk about how to bring that out and bring that forward. And so we're actually, again, being that we want to help it truly transformation right now of our society, we can't keep outsourcing this to other people to fix this thing. It's up to us. Yeah. We it's tried. Fun. It's not working. I don't know if y'all have noticed. <laughs> right. Just look <laughs> at the results. And so this is why we're going to be doing a meetup coming up here soon. And I want everybody to run. Don't walk, run. Right now, reserve your spot for this very special meetup. I'll give you the URL. It's themodelhealthshow.com forward slash take control. Themodelhealthshow.com forward slash take control. You get to hang out with Cynthia and I live. Can you tell them a little bit about what we're going to be doing? Yeah. So first of all, take control. Wow. Yes. Take control. I love it. Yeah. Pull over if you're driving, uh, whatever you need to do, grab your, grab your seat. Um, yeah. So we're going to be walking people through how do you take back control after what we've been through? And not just now, but for your future, for your family's future, for your loved one's future. How do you become that change that you're tired of complaining about, wishing someone would do something about it? Well, I, I had a coach one time tell me this, and I'll say it here. She said to me, you're as much a somebody as anybody. So if you're looking for that change, be the change that you want to see, right? So we're going to be talking about all of that. We're going to be talking about physical, mental, spiritual nutrition. We're going to be walking people through how they can create um, the life of their dreams, the career of their dreams. It's this really cool exercise. We time travel in it. You can hop in a DeLorean. It's super fun. Um, and then we're going to be talking about what are the keys to success in this field in a way that's simple, where you're not burning out or spending all day on Instagram or losing all your relationships in the process, right? Um, so it's just a real value-packed conversation that we just want to get some people together and talk about the change in the world and how they can be a part of that. Yeah. And we're going to be sharing something special with you. And oh. I decided I'm not going to tell them what it is. You did? Okay. That, that you're not going to hear about anywhere else. This is exclusive for the Model Health Show audience. So again, go to themodelhealthshow.com forward slash take control. It's coming up super soon. All right, you've only got a few days to get registered, so do that today. This is our time to actually make change happen. And, you know, just having the opportunity to have you as a friend and an inspiration. When you're talking about the wobbly stool of life, you know, we <laughs> yeah. got to address all these things, physical, mental, spiritual health. That's it right. made me think about the tables at the Dodgers game we oh just went gosh, to. They were literally like <laughs> sideways. Yeah. One of us had to, to hold the table while the rest of us were eating. We had to take turns. <laughs> it was an adventure to say the least. We had a great time. First time we ever saw, I know me firsthand, and I've watched, I mean, countless hours of baseball, but three people ran onto the field. It's crazy. They had a coordinated thing. <laughs> they did. They were red, like, but the, the security guards? They weren't playing. They, they prepared their entire life for that moment. <laughs> Right. They were going to beat the crap out of these people. <laughs> so it was an adventure to say the least. And we got to hang out and connect and also talk yeah. about what we're going to be doing for 
all of our amazing audience here with the Model Health Show. So really, really excited about what's coming up. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I feel like right now, you said like now's the time. I mean, even talking about these three people who were all in like three different parts of the field and they had signs that they were holding up and they just, I've never seen that either. And, but here's the thing. We're just at a point now where people are like, why not? Why not? I have something to say. And if I have to run onto the field at Dodger Stadium and just get body slammed for saying it, like I'm <laughs> I'm going to say it. I'm going to do it. I think that so many of us have this passion right now and we see just how short and how precious and fragile life is. And and there's a lot of us who see things in the world that are like, that ain't right. And I'm going to use my voice and my life to make it right, or at least try, right? I'm gonna be showing up, they'll know I was there. And that's what's so cool about, you know, again, this time that we live in is we have those opportunities and your audience is lucky because they have people like you who've been that leader and continue to be that leader for them. Um, and I know we're not gonna spoil any surprises, but if they just knew how much of a leader and how you're about to come through for them and really show up, like, wow, it's, it's next level. Like I'm going to get a little teary eyed because it's so powerful. So let's go. Let's yeah. go. Again, themodelhealthshow.com forward slash take control. You are truly, again, you're one of my favorite humans. <laughs> same. We have debated many times trying to figure <laughs> out, do we actually have the same parents? You know? I know. We've never, we've never seen each other's parents. So who knows? <laughs> you know, but. Um, I'm a little, I'm the light version. <laughs> I've got the you melanin. You took all the melanin. <laughs> I've got the melanin from, you know, and again, two days apart. I mean, come on. You it's, know, it's like, it's a little spooky. Yeah. But um, you know what's so funny at the game when we were talking about what we're going to be doing coming up, literally someone hit a home run. Right. Do you remember that? <laughs> and we're like, what sign? Man, the universe was talking to us that night. And when we were talking about the negative force, some other stuff, right. that's when the nuts ran on the field. Right. <laughs> and just everything went crazy. Just like, what sign? So doubling down on giving, doubling down on yeah. service, doubling yeah. down on compassion, doubling down on education and integrity. Yeah. all the things and you represent that and I appreciate you so much. Thank you for saying that and thank you for being my friend and for seeing that I do matter. I appreciate you so much. And really, truly, Sean, like for you, I mean, it's not like you came from a silver spoon in your mouth. You know, I mean, you have quite the story and for someone to come from where you came from and to be this leader, I mean, you have changed so many lives and will continue. You don't even know the people's lives that you've impacted. There are stories you'll never hear. There are people's lives you've saved that you'll never know just because you decided this is my time and it was worth it to you. And you just cast the fear and you showed up for yourself. So I just think it's great that you're such, it's not just you showing up and saying the words, you're living this life. And it's just so, so special. So it's a pleasure to be your friend. Uh, well, I feel 10x the same <laughs> about you. And we've got some awesome stuff coming up, everybody. Again, yeah. go to themodelhealthshow.com forward slash take control to hang out with Cynthia and I coming up super soon. So go and do that right now. I appreciate you so much, Cynthia. Thank you, Sean. Awesome. Cynthia Garcia, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. This is the time to take control. There's so much at stake and the power is in our hands. Again, this special meetup is coming up October 18th. 
All right, so it's just a few days away from when this is getting released. October 18th, 2021. You do not want to miss it. Go to themodelhealthshow.com forward slash take control. We got some powerful, epic episodes coming your way very, very soon. So make sure to stay tuned. Take care. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.